And so open in your Bibles, um, your Bible or on your phone, your iPad, whatever, uh, to John chapter 1, starting in verse 35. John chapter 1, starting in verse 35. And so this is a good morning uh, for us and a good text for you and me to be able to reflect on our faith and the nature of our faith, your faith. And, uh, and so, uh, so we're not, in, sorry, it's not, for, it's not first fruit, so just uh, ignore, that, ignore that, my bad. My bad, I left that on there. Uh, uh, but good morning, good morning for us to reflect on the nature of our faith. And so the question for you is this, why are you here? And I've been, I've been starting a lot of sermons with these kind of big questions like this recently, um, and I guess it's something that's been happening in my heart. I don't, I don't know exactly, but, but a question for you this is, why are you here? Like, is this something that you just do because it's something you're supposed to do? Like, you come on Sunday morning because it's like what I need to do. It's the, the duty uh, to come and be here. Or is there something in your heart that's drawing you to come and hear from the Word of God and to connect with the people of God? And so what is it? Why are you here? Like, what is the point of this? And so this, this week, I actually had an opportunity to get away for a couple of days. Um, I went down to Houston or Pasadena. Uh, and it was, it was a really good time for me because it was uh, through the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. I had a, a, a cohort that I'm in with some other uh, young pastors. And the point was just for us to go down for, uh, for three days and, and get with each other, talk with each other, and and connect with one another, and, and, and really to dive deep into what's the heart of the pastor? Uh, where's our heart at? Where's our faith at? And it, honestly, for me, it was, it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I was desiring, uh, because for, for a while, I just have been feeling just um, a little bit, just kind of one run down a little bit, you know, just kind of, kind of worn out a little bit, and like writing another, like I, I really love my job. I love what I do. I love writing sermons, but there's sometimes in which it feels taxing. And it's like, okay, here's another one. You know, here's another 10-page paper that's due this week, you know, and just kind of, and so at times it can get to feel like, you know, we, we're going through series and you get to the text and you're like, okay, well, next week, another Sunday's coming. You got to write another lesson. And so you just turn the page on the textbook and you go to the next lesson, you know, and you're like, here's what God's word says, you know, here's what it says out there. And, but at times I was kind of not really connecting it to me. And and so I thought a lot of it was just because I was tired, and and that's part of it. Um, got a new baby, you got a lot of kids, you, your house is chaotic. It's just kind of tired. Um, but one thing I found out when I got down there, uh, and and we really just had a moment. I was away, and it was a time just to reflect on where is my faith, where am I at in, in following Jesus? How is this connecting to my life personally? And I began to realize that. My being empty felt or came in a large part from my feeling like in a, in a being disconnected from my own walk with Christ, in a sense. Um, not that I wasn't doing Bible reading. I was doing the Bible reading, and I was doing it, but, but there was something in it that I just kind of felt like I was just kind of missing. And, uh, and this week was just awesome for me, and, uh, and it just allowed me to just sit and assess, and to pray, and reconnect in a, in, a, in a daily, like, ongoing conversation with God, you know, just, like, conversing in a, in a real relationship with Him. And so, this week, it was, it was a kind of a, a refreshing thing for me, in which I, I remember standing, and I was just, I was like, I just wanted to pray. 
And like, I, that's what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to sit there and I pr- to pray, and I wanted to sit there and like resubmit my life to him and resubmit my heart and our church to him and say like, wherever you're leading me, I want to be there. And wherever you're leading our church, I want us to be there. And kind of like an open-handed relationship where I'm like, I'm going to follow you and I want to follow you. And that's where I want to be. And like for one of the first times in a long time, I was with the other pastors. And you know what I wanted to talk about? These guys talking about a bunch of different things. And I'm a guy who I love to talk about hobbies. I'll talk about sports. I'll talk about the Cowboys or the Aggies. I'll talk about all these things. Um, but sometimes I didn't always want to talk about, well, what is God doing in this moment? Just because that's a lot of, that's my job a lot of the times. And I remember sitting in there, I was with some guys after uh, the session at night on Tuesday night, and I was sitting in there and they were talking about some SBC politics stuff, which is fine, but after a while you get kind of tired of that. And I, I remember sitting here thinking, all I want to talk about with you guys is what is something cool you've seen God do in your church recently? And like, it just was having it come out of me this week in ways that I hadn't seen it in a while. And so uh, I was, as I, I was going through that, I didn't get to sermon prep until later in this week. And I was planning all week to do this John chapter 2, uh, Jesus turning the water into wine, uh, which is why your, uh, your announcement sheet paper say that. But I'm actually not doing that. Um, because on Friday, I was working on my sermon, and I was just at the end of the day, I was just like, this isn't working. This isn't what I'm going to teach on. And, uh, and I got home uh, at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, and I, or 5 o'clock, and I told Derek, I was like, I've got nothing. I don't have a sermon this week. And then it hit me that night of like, wait a second. I'm skipping over what I want to do. I'm skipping over where God is talking to me or speaking to me right now. And it's this passage right before it when Jesus is introduced to Andrew and then to Peter. I'm like, that is exactly where we're going. And this is the perfect text for us this morning as we consider, why are you here? Why are you here, and where is your faith? Where is your personal walk with Christ? Like, why do you say that you follow him? Why are you here this morning? And this text is exactly like what, like exactly where God was meeting me personally. So let's look at it. Verse 35 says, The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and noticed them following him, and he asked them, what are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon, and Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We've set, we found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Let's go before the Lord as we look at his word this morning. So, Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word here in John, in which we'd see new believers come to follow you and then what they did as a result. And so we pray that you would help us to assess our faith, to assess where we're at with you, and connecting with you and following Jesus. And I pray that you would fill us up, that you would give us a refreshed heart, a refreshed, just a refreshed moment in you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
And so this text has two main themes that I want you to observe as we're beginning or as we're going through this gospel together uh, in a really accelerated fashion this semester. Here's the two main themes that I want you to see in this text. It's this, one of following and one of witnessing. One of following and witnessing. Now, this first one is all about being a follower of Jesus, and the second thing is being a witness to Jesus. But both following and witnessing truly are extensions or flow out of this one big idea of being captured by Jesus, of being captured or captivated by Jesus. Both following him and witnessing about him flow out of the big idea of being captured or captivated by Jesus. And so what do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. You pursue the thing that you love. You pursue the thing that you live. You invest in, you set aside time for, you tell other people about the thing that you love. And so the idea, like we are born this way, this is our design. The things that we enjoy the most are the things that we spend our time on, and that's the things that we like to talk about with other people. God designed you this way, and so what he did is he sent his son to be the most captivating person who's ever existed. And he said, here he is. This is who he is. He is the exact imprint of who I am. And so now follow him. Be captivated by him. Love him. Let him shape your life. Let him shape your time, and let him shape what you talk about. That is the essence of the incarnation. That's what Jesus is here to do. So you and I see this all the time, like in here, like I, I share a lot of things that I love, a lot of things that I care about. So for example, I pursued Dara. I loved Dara. And when we were in, like we were in college and we were going to, like, I was like, man, I want to be with her. I want to, I want to pursue her. I want to marry her. And so what did I do? I transferred all over Texas throughout college in order to get to the college that she was at. See, I'm only an Aggie because Dara was an Aggie. If Dara was at Texas, you better believe I'd be saying hook 'em horns. It isn't like I want I wanted to be where she was at. And so I ended up at the greatest university in the state of Texas, okay? Now, that's how it that's just how it worked out for me. Why? Because the thing that I loved was there. And the thing I loved was there. Therefore, I did what was necessary to get there. And as a result, now what am I doing? I'm sharing you, sharing with you our love story, right? Our great love story of how two Aggies came together and became one, right? That's what happened. That's what happened. The thing that I loved directed my life. And what, what John is, like what we're learning through here is that that is the essence of following Jesus. See, he is captivating. John says, I want you to get a glimpse of the Son of God who came so that way your life will be shaped or determined by following him. And then he will determine what you do, how you spend your time, and what you say. That's what's happening. That's what's happening here. It's our design. So here's the first thing I want you to see in here. It's the call, the call to follow. The call to follow. Look what happens. The next day, John was standing with two of his own disciples. John was a rabbi too, John the Baptist. He was a rabbi. He had his own disciples. And one of them was named Andrew. And when they saw Jesus passing by, John said, look, the Lamb of God. 
It's the one that, who the previous day he was saying, that's the Son of God. I saw the, saw the Spirit come down. That's the one. He's the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God as well. That's the one that we're talking about. That's the one I'm pointing people to. And when his disciples heard him say this, what did they do? They turned and they followed Jesus. That was their response. You're like, well, okay, well, you're a rabbi too. I was following you, but you say that guy's better. I'm going to go find that better guy. I'm going to pursue this guy. He's the one you're pointing to. Well, if you're pointing to someone, I don't want to be with you. I want to be the one with the one you're pointing to. I want to be with him. And so they say, we're going to follow that guy. And so they followed Jesus. And so the question is that for you, where were you? Just as with these two guys, they were with John when he was baptizing. And he saw Jesus walk by and he pointed him out. And they let, their eyes were set on Jesus and said, we're going to follow that guy. And so the question is, where were you when your eyes first met Jesus and you decided in your heart that I'm going to follow him, that I want him? Why don't you think about that? Where were you? Did you have that time in your life? And you may not know the exact date. It may, just been, it may have been a whole extended period of time in which you progressively learned more and you're like, I want that guy. But where were you when you saw him, when your eyes met him, and you're like, yes, he's the one that I want. He's the one that I need, and so I'm going to follow him. You see, there was a point for Andrew and the other guy when they heard of who Jesus was. And in their heart, they saw him, and they followed him. Where was it for you? So here, here's where it was for me. I was actually pretty little. I was four, I mean, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. I'm not sure. I don't, honestly, I don't know exactly how old I was. But I remember I was in church, and I grew up knowing the gospel, hearing the gospel through Sunday school and, and my, through my parents, through my grandparents. And so I remember when I, I was in my parents' bedroom one day, and they weren't in there. Uh, I was alone, and I was on their bed, and it just hit me. I was like, I want that. I want him. I believe him. And so I prayed this prayer that a six-year-old would pray. And I said, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. And that was it. And I went out and then I told my parents what I did. But that was the moment when I look back in my life. And I'm like, no, I did. I, my eyes met him. And I was like, I want him. I want that. And so we were sharing our testimonies this, this past week, and I was just kind of sharing that story. And I'm like, I didn't have like a, you know, I was, I was strung out on crack one. You know, I, I didn't have this crazy testimony. Like, it was this, like this moment in my life where I was a little kid. But what's interesting, like what I love about that is that even when I was little, the Spirit of God was coming and said, yes, this is the one you want. And so my, even my six-year-old little brain or eight-year-old little brain saw him, and I was like, I'm captivated by him. I want him. I need him, and so I'm going to follow him. And there's been a progression in my life since then of pursuing him. It's been ebbs and flows. There's been times in which I've been more interested or less interested. But it's been a trajectory of following this Jesus guy. And so the question is, is where was it for you? Where was the point? And when your eyes met him, when your eyes met him, and you're like, I want him. And I'm going to follow him with my life. With my life. I'm going to let him shape how I'm living, where I'm going, how I'm spending my money, what I'm saying, how I'm sharing with other people. I'm going to let him shape what I'm doing. Where was that moment? And this week it was kind of cool 
to stop and just come back to that. Come back to my own heart of following him, you know. Come back to this own place where I'm just assessing. Where am I at now in that? Where am I at now in following him? Where's my heart at in that? Like, do I preach these sermons? Do I prepare these sermons in order to hear from him or just to continue on to the next week? And I think this is cool because Jesus gives them a response here. When the, and it's not exactly what you would expect. See, if you're trying to just gain a bunch of followers, if you just want to become popular, if you got guys who turn and are like, hey, I want to follow you, then immediately you're going to be like, yes, come on board. Come with me. This is where we're going. And uh, go tell your friends about it, you know. And, you know, but what he does, he asks a couple, he asks a, a, a probing question. See, look, he says this. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, what are you looking for? I just find this an amazing question. Because he begins their wanting to follow him by probing, why are you here? What are you looking to get out of what's happening in this moment? What are you, like, when you say you want to follow me, it's like, what are you hoping for in that? Because he wants to know, where's your heart? Do you want him for him, or do you want him because his stuff? Because what he can do, because he's a miracle worker, because he does these cool things, because he's like the David Blaine of the 2,000 years ago. Like, Like, why do you want this guy? And so, like, the question is for you. Why do you want him? Jesus turns to you, just like he turned to Andrew, and he says, what are you looking for? Do you want Jesus for Jesus? Because he is the captivating son of God. Or do you want Jesus because you think he'll provide a better life, he'll provide a better house, he'll provide a better boss, maybe, (laughs) he'll provide better kids, Like, why are you here? What are you looking for? And these guys turn to him. They give him a response. And he says, they say, well, where are you staying? Indicating, we're looking to go where you're going. And Jesus captures that. He hears that. And he's like, yes. And here's his response. Look what he says in return. Come and you'll see. Come on. Come with me. When, the, when you turn to Jesus and you're like, listen, I want to follow you. And he says, well, what are you looking for? And you just respond with an open-handed, I just want to go where you're going. I want to be with you where you're headed. He says, come on and join the train. Come and you'll see where I'm going. And there's a fascinating thing for him because because it's a call to faith. Like, he doesn't plan out a roadmap. He doesn't say, hey, follow me, and here's the trajectory of where we're headed. Here's the trajectory of your life, or here's, here's the good things that I'm going to bring about, the blessings I'm going to bring in your family or in your life. Like, he does bring blessings, and it is a good life. It's a good thing to follow him. Why? Because he's the one who created the world. He knows what's best for our world. But in following him, what he wants is for us to say, I'm here, and I'm here to follow you because I want you. And in that, he says, come on. And I'm not going to tell you where we're headed. I'm not telling you where we're staying. I'm not telling you where our next hour is going to be. What I want you to do is trust me and follow me. That's what I want. Come and you'll see. And you'll see if you come. That's the thing. 
There's no roadmap. There's no plan laid out. It's open submission to him going where he is going. There's a very real requirement of trust. And see, Jesus doesn't invite us just to say, okay, well, we want to follow you. Okay, well, here's the list of things you need to do. You need to stop cussing. You need to go to a church every week. You need to uh, make sure that you're nice to your teachers in school and your substitute teachers especially. You need to, uh, like, you need to, you need to make sure that you're not yelling at your kids anymore. Like, like those are all good things. But it's not a list. It's not a checklist of, like, if you do these certain things, then we're going to be good and all things are good. No, Jesus says, I want you to follow me, and as we go, I'll point out things that I want you to do. That's what he's saying. There's a very real requirement of trust. And what he's pointing us to then is not a destination, but a life, a lifestyle. He's saying, I want you to follow me, and as you live your life, I'm going to direct you then to live like me. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for in my followers are people who are open to follow me where I'm going and for me to shape your life as you go, for you to become like me. That's the point. That's the point. And then, like I said, there's, this aspect has been uh, reasserted into my attention this week to where that's kind of where my heart, like I was not at, but where God was kind of working on my heart to get me back into that place to where it was like, God, I want to do what you want me to do. And I want to go where you're leading me to go. And I want this church, Normandale, to go where you are leading us to go. I want us to be able to follow you, to trust you week by week, day by day, with budgets, with our people, with the direction here, with the teaching here. I want us to follow you and pursue you open with an open mind, saying we are going to follow you and we're going to trust you where we're going. And so the question again for you is this. Have you had this moment in your life? Have you had this prayer in your own life where you said, Jesus, I want you for you, and I'm going to follow you where you lead because I want you. Have you had that prayer in your own life? And if you have once, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 30 years ago or six months ago, have you had it recently? Has the Spirit brought this to mind in your own heart recently to where you're like, in a fresh way, I am re-submitting my heart to Jesus to go where He calls me to go and to be who He calls me to be and let Him shape my heart as He desires to shape it? Have you done it recently? Like, when was the last time that you stepped out in faith to follow Him? To where you sensed the Spirit of God was moving in your heart saying, I want you to do this. And you told Him, I'm there. When was the last time you did that? Have you done it? Because He calls you to follow Him. And He says, what are you doing here? And the disciples said, well, where are you going? He says, that's what I want. I want those who are going to be with me as I'm moving. Has he captured your heart? Has he captured your life? Do you see him? Do you read of him, read from his word, and feel drawn to him? Saying, I want this guy. 
You may have once in your past, but right now you feel dry. And we all get there sometimes. We all do. Even the disciples got there at times. Where you're like, man, I did at one point. When I was in college, I just felt like I was just in tune with God. Like I just had this, this relationship. I had this group of people that was just, we were just encouraging one another. And it's just like since I've gotten further and further away from college, I have gotten further and further away from that close feeling that I felt at that time with Jesus. Or maybe it was a time when you were in high school. Or maybe it was a time when you were young and married, and you're like, we, we were living with no money at all, but we were living on faith, you know, and we just did it together with our marriage. But since we've progressed in our, in our lives, progressed in our careers, we just have moved on from that period in our lives to where now it just feels like I'm just kind of living in a dry, I'm continuing in church, I'm continuing in the faith because I know this is what I need to do, and I believe in Jesus, but it just isn't the feeling of closeness to Christ is just not there there anymore. And you may be dry, and that's, 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 that's a common thing. That's where I was at, honestly. And so something that, uh, uh, there's a, a pastor who's at Austin Stone, um, then went to Sagemont, um, who was speaking, he, he was there with us this week, and, um, and he was sharing some stuff that was really, really helpful um, in terms of Getting back, or like, like not getting back in a sense of like back in the old days, but, but returning back to your first love, returning back to Christ, and there were a couple just super practical things he said that I put into practice this week. It's like, oh my gosh, like I just I feel connected to Christ. And one thing was that he's like, is there a place in your life, in your sphere, in your world, at your house, near Fort Worth? Where when you go there, you just feel like, man, God meets with me here. I feel like I can just connect with Jesus here. And maybe it's at a park. Maybe it's your back porch on the swing. Maybe it's at a local creek. Maybe it's on a trail. Maybe it's in the deer blind. Like, is there some place where when you can go, you just feel like, man, I just feel like I can connect with God here. Maybe it's a moment, maybe this is a call for you then to head out to your place for the purpose of going to meet with Christ and saying, I'm going there to commune with you for the purpose of meeting with you because I follow you, but I'm not feeling it right now, and I want to be back with you. I want to submit my heart back to you to be recaptivated by Jesus, by who he is. I want to follow him with my life, and I want to get back to that place. And so one thing he called us to is he said, where's that place for you? Where's that place? Another thing that was really helpful, because I I just, uh, just in all honesty, I don't listen to a ton of Christian music. Um, but this week, there, uh, there was a, a guy there named Matt Boswell who um, was leading worship for us, and, and he was singing a couple songs that were just like, this is amazing. This is a great song. And I, I, I found it on Spotify, and, and then I, I started making a list because uh, this is what the pastor was telling us about as well. It's just like, like I have a, he's like, I have a playlist on my phone that I just call First Love. And when I'm starting to feel dry or whatever, I go back to these songs that were, the songs that meant a lot to me when I was first following Christ. He's like, but back when he was in college, he's like, it was like all Michael W. Smith and like for him. And like those, you know, these other, you know, those bands back in the 90s. And, but I, for me, like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. 
I'm just going to make a playlist. And this week, I've just been continually going through the songs, going through this playlist of just listening to these truths of Christ. And it was, it's been so helpful for me just listening to, the, to these words of just singing back to Christ, back to who He is. And I don't know, it's just, it's a really refreshing thing. So that's some, another practical idea of maybe you should make a playlist of just some good songs and just listen as they're sung over you, as you're putting your kids to bed at night. You, know, you have one ear pot in. You know, or, or, or as you're doing the dishes or as you're on your run, or as you're heading out, you know, to work in the morning. You just have like, I've got this playlist. I just want to reconnect with Christ. I want to hear these songs. Just have them be sung over me. I just want to think about the words. Like, just maybe you could have that going. Because what we want to do is we want to have the knowledge of Christ. We want to have the truths of Christ be fed back to us to recapture our hearts so that way we are refreshed, filled up as we are pursuing Him with our lives. Those are two things that I thought were really helpful um, for me uh, this week. Now, there's a second aspect of uh, this text that I think is really helpful. So the first one was that of following. We are called to follow Jesus. And the second thing is this, is that of being a witness. And like I said at the beginning, is both of these are drawn out of the same principle of being captured with Christ, of being captivated by Jesus. See, all of both of these flow out of that same thing. Why? Because why? Because you talk about the thing that you love. You talk about it. So for example, why do I have so many cycling illustrations up here? I've said this a hundred times. Because that's the thing, I, I love road cycling. I do. I love it. And if you need a bike, let me know. I'll help you find one, okay? Uh, I've helped, helped, helped David Kiner and help other people. Like, I, just let me know. But I love road cycling. And so therefore, man, I will talk about it. And if I'm up here giving a road cycling illustration about something, do I care about whether you think this is lame or not? No. I don't care at all. Why? Because I love road cycling. I think it's a great time. That or running, like I just, I, those, they're awesome, okay? And that, there's at times in which I'm like, I, I do feel this. At time. I have one like kind of written in. I'm like, no, I, I've done too many of those recently. I can't take that out. And so I, I'll take them out and I'll think of other illustrations at times. Like, that's for you. That's for you, for your sake. But I talk about these things because I love them right? Like, I have a lot of hobbies, and I will talk your face off about all of my hobbies. I love hobbies, okay? I just recently got a sewing machine. I'm all, it's, it's, it's awesome, okay? I was talking to Jennifer Covington about it, and she's like, did you know that I'm the world's greatest sewer? I'm like, I didn't know this. I was like, yes, well, teach me. And so, sorry. Uh, anyways, you talk about the things that you love, right? I had a, I've got a friend named Derek who's a pastor in Fort Worth, and he was talking about this last week at his church. And he was saying, we talk about the things that captivate us. And so he's like, when you go to Disney, say you go to, you go to Disney World. What's the, the one in Florida? What's, is that Disney World? Disneyland. Disney, Disney World. Whatever. Disney place in, in Florida. Let's say you go there. When you're walking around Disney World, do they have people who work there saying, be sure to tell your friends about this place? 
Like, or like when you're, taking a, when you're taking a picture of it, like taking a picture with your family in front of Epcot or whatever, the, the, the castle place, whatever it's called. I've never been there. The castle thing, right? You're taking a picture of your family, your selfie thing. Like, they have people like, hey, hey, be sure, be sure to post that. Be sure to post that online. Tag your friends. Let them know they, this is a cool place. Be sure to invite them. Come here. Like, no, that doesn't happen. Like, as you're walking out of the, out of the park at the, in the evening, is there a sign over the thing? Be sure to rate us. Be sure to let your friends know about this place. No. It's assumed you're going to tell your friends about how awesome your trip was. It's assumed you're going to post that picture on Facebook to make your friends jealous because you were there. Why? Why? Because the place is awesome. And he said this. I thought it was awesome. He's like, and they assume as well that if you don't plan on telling your friends about that place, that they don't want you to tell your friends about that place because it means you had a bad experience there, right? It's assumed you're going to tell about how awesome it was. We're ca- we're, we talk about the things that captivate us. And he went on to say this. I thought it was really helpful. He said, the point then in talking about sharing the gospel with people around you, the point then of sharing with your friends, with your brother, about the Jesus you follow is not to make you feel guilty or to guilt you into doing it. It's like we are not interested in guilting you into sharing the gospel. You shouldn't share the gospel because I told you to do it. Like you should, like, like, of course, I hope that you'll want to share the gospel. I said this. I hope you'll want to share the gospel. I hope you'll want to talk about Jesus, but not because I said so, because you're captivated by him. And because you, you've, you've been changed, you've been transformed by him, and you've got his spirit within you, and now you just can't help it. He's like, rather, I want you to feel, like, I, w- I want you to consider, why do you feel guilt instead of desire to talk about the Savior that you follow? I want you to assess, like, like why do you feel guilt instead of a desire to do it? He said, it may be because you've not, you're not captivated by him. It may, it, that may be the case. And for some of us in here, it may be because you're not transformed by him. And when he said that, I was like, That's, that is immensely helpful, for me at least. Because I had this happen, again, this week. It's, it's been a transformative week for me, okay? I'm on the camp high right now, if you can't tell. But I had this happen to me this week, to where um, sharing the gospel, a lot of times for me, is, is a lot of work. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'll do it, but it's, it's never just, like, flown out. It just, it's not just, like, it's just coming out of me. You know, it, it, it's, it's work. And, like, I have to build myself up. You know, like, like you know, really, like, okay, okay, I can do this, I can do this, you know. But this week, I was, I was in the hotel. I was with a couple other pastors, and we were, we were about to, uh, I forgot why we were down there, but we were talking to the guy at the front desk. And I've, I've had these thoughts going through my head this week of, like, just me in a, in a fresh way following Jesus. And I saw the guy at the counter, and his name was Jesus. And I'd, it just, it was instant. And I didn't even think about it, but it's just instant. I was like, boom, this is easy. Dude, your name's Jesus. Do you go to church anywhere? I was like, do you know the story of the other Jesus? And it's like, it just came out before I even thought about it. And like, why, how did that happen? Why? Because, because the idea of following Jesus was just fresh in my mind. It was just there. And it was just, I've been having this prayer of where you're going, I want to be there. Where you're leading our church, I want to be there. 
I'm submitting my heart to you, my life to you. And I'm like, I'm like thinking, like, I want to hear from these other pastors. How is God working in your church? And so what happened is I've got Jesus on my mind this week. And so when I saw the dude named Jesus, I was like, this is perfect. And it just flowed out of me in ways that it never had before. And I just, I, just, I don't know. I, I, it was weird. I'm going to be honest. It just spilled out of me. Why? You talk about the things you're captivated with. You just do. And that's what happened here, because look what happens in the text. After Jesus told them, come and you'll see, they went and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. And Andrew, one of those two disciples, who was Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. And what was the first thing he did? He first found his brother, Simon. And he went to him and he said, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. And what did he do after that? He grabbed his brother and he brought him to introduce him to Jesus. You see, when you're captivated by something, you share about it. It just flows out of you in unnatural ways. And that's what happened to Andrew here. He met Jesus, and he said, this is the dude. I'm following this guy. And so what did he do? He went to go find his brother. And he said, hey, you're coming with me. You're hearing about who this Jesus guy is because I'm captivated by him, and I want you to know him too. And so here's a question for you. Do you love him? Are you captivated by Jesus? 